Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider free podcast, a service, of course, of Julie Williams' free VoiceOver Insider. For industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe at www.voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Paul O'Connor, here to introduce our host, Julie Williams. What's coming up on the podcast today? Dick Orkin, born in Pennsylvania, attended F&M College in Lancaster and then attended Yale Drama School in Connecticut, which is probably the reason he's such a great actor. I mean, literally a voice actor. If you've heard his stuff, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Dick uh, is a founder of The Legendary Chicken Man, which we're going to talk about shortly, and also the Dick Orkin Radio Ranch, which he founded a number of years ago and retired from uh, about five or six years ago. His daughter, Lisa, is uh, running it now. Now, Dick, you over the years, I have to tell you that you have done the most creative spots that I have ever heard anywhere for radio spots. Thank you, Julie. This is going to take you way back, but you know when you really got on my radar, and still, honestly, my favorite spots you've ever done ever are the Agree Shampoo Greasy Spots. Oh, boy. You're really going back. (laughs) Like the 70s, I think, wasn't it? Maybe earlier, Julie. 60s or 70s. You're right, though. That's one of the earliest spots we did, Agree Shampoo. I can't believe you still remember Oh, it was so fun because it, the whole thing about the greasies was putting a paper bag over their head and it looking like it had French fries in it. I, you know, <laughs> That's right. decades later, yeah. I still remember that. I, I, I'm sure that I sent you radio spots, but I'm sure I didn't send you that one because I'd have to go back to my ancient vaults during the time of Egypt. I don't think I could go back that far. We're going to talk about Chicken Man in just a little while because I understand that you're going to be reviving Chicken Man after all these decades. Yes, Chicken Man was created back in 1960, 1967. And then I, I ran a while, while I was in the Chicago on WCFL radio. And from there, it went into syndication and, and has played since then uh, throughout the country, although it has been slowly diminishing. And I'm going to revive it because there's a whole generation, 50 years ago, there's a whole generation of uh, people who have not heard the Chicken Man serial, but I have a hunch that uh, there's still an audience for it. I get a lot of requests for the series, but it's no longer in syndication for broadcast. However, it is for people who want to purchase it. I haven't done much with Chicken Man since then, except occasionally to do a new episode and throw it in there. We're going to talk about Chicken Man in a little bit, but first I want to talk about your creative process. Now, let me play a couple of spots that Dick Orkin and his team have done and you'll see they are so creative. They're like the funniest spots on the radio. And we'll talk about what humor has to do with selling products. But I want you to listen to some of his work first. This one is called Mandate, and it's for the Chicago Auto Show. Yellow. Hey, Steve. Hey. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe you'd like to go on a date, you know, Mandate. A what? Like you, dude, me, dude. Uh, you know I'm married, right? Yeah, me too. It was our wives' idea. It's called a Mandate, kind of hmm. like a play date. Why don't we just call it a play date? Then? I got two tickets to the Chicago Auto Show. Yeah, no offense, dude, but I don't really do mandates. Online at drivechicago.com. Hold on, you got two tickets for the Chicago Auto well, Show? Yeah, online at drivechicago.com. Oh. It's the biggest auto show in North America. Almost a thousand cars, new car introductions, concept cars, the latest in hybrid and electric cars. Too. Okay, let me get this straight. You want me to go on a mandate with you to the Chicago Auto Show, right? You know what? Why you forget it? it no, 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 no. It's an excellent idea. I'd love the Chicago Auto Show. It'll be a mandate. <laughs> Let's just call it play date. Yeah, I think that's yeah, probably I think that's a good idea. Yeah. The Chicago Auto Show. Family fun, excitement, and what's new, hot, and happening in transportation. February 13th through the 22nd at McCormick Place. Go to chicagoautoshow.com. 
Dick, how do you come up with ideas like that, a mandate for the Chicago Auto Show? Well, I'm not doing this alone, uh, Julie. Remember, I have partners, and we sit at a, at a table and brainstorm and come up with any ideas. That, and whether you have two or three people, four people you have in the room at the table, all uh, exchanging information and talking about memories, the more likely you're going to get more material or ideas. And then you only need, if you have some imagination, you go from the ideas into a commercial response. When you talk about talking about memories, what does that have to do with the creative process? Well, whatever memories you get are likely going, you can, you can also um, create advertising commercials and write a book or do any creative thing by simply contriving something, make, making something up, which may be a compilation of things that you've seen on television or seen in a movie, heard on the radio. They can come from all kinds of sources, but they're all contrived. They have very little to do with personal experiences. And I've always found, and so have the people who work with me, that it's, it's far more believable for an audience to hear how real people react in real situations. So maybe a guy who ran out of gas on the freeway and his people in the car are very upset with him and his wife is upset because he didn't, uh, or he's upset with his wife because she didn't get gas the day before. So people in real life life-like conversations are far more interesting for uh, a radio audience or any audience for that matter because it has to do with with what happens to us every day and and then the listener could say they're about for the grace of god go i and that's always been more effective in dreaming up commercials or creating commercials uh, as well as listening you're talking about the so-called human condition yes absolutely it's not contrived it's not a cartoon kind of memory it's the, that you saw perhaps in a movie theater. It's actual events that happen in your life, which relates faster to a listener than contrived, made-up kinds of stories. Well, we do all have those funny things that happened and those embarrassing things, too, that happened in our lives. Exactly. If it's embarrassing, if it makes you angry, if it's an argument, it's more likely going to connect with the audience. Okay, so here's another spot by Dick Orkin and his team. This one has Dick on it. It's Ford Luggage Center. Uh, hi, I have the window there. Oh, well, I can't move. Just crawl over okay, me. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> That's a handsome carry-on bag you have. Thanks, I got it at the luggage center. Yeah, if I bothered with luggage, I'd probably pick one up myself. Well, but you have a suitcase, though. Oh, no. Everything I put into a suitcase, I'm wearing. What? I have on socks and underwear for a week, seven shirts, three slacks, PJs, a blazer, a robe, this pair of shoes tied around my neck, and the pair of shoes I'm wearing. Well, aren't you uncomfortable? Excruciatingly. But I never have to worry about packing a suitcase again. Well, see, the luggage center has free how-to-pack seminars. Everything you're wearing is packed nice and neat in this carry-on bag. Wow. Say, could you hold my coffee up to my lips? I can't bend my arm. Oh, sure. And the Luggage Center has a huge selection of brand names at the lowest guaranteed prices, and you are really, really sweating. Yeah, I lose about seven pounds a trip. You know, you should try the Luggage Center. They promise to make your next trip better. Mm, I'll do that. Oh, listen, in an emergency, I can be used as a flotation device. Oh. So cling all you want. I'll cling. The Luggage Center will make your next trip better. Want to see how long I can hold my breath? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that one too, Julie. I love your acting in it. You just have that voice that is just so, it's so, it lends itself to comedy so well. Yeah, I don't really do cartoony voices. I'm just, I'm really playing myself. Well, very few people believe that, but that, that is me. So w when you talk about humor, which you've always done, you don't do straight spots. I mean, at least not that I know of. You do humor in advertising. Humorous spots can be so fabulous. And yet at the same time, I've seen 
humorous spots make me remember the situation, but not make me remember who the spot is about. How do you make sure that the listener remembers the actual spot? Every one of our commercials, Julie, is a conflict. It's a drama that has, that has a conflict in it that needs to be resolved. And we always make the product or the service the key to its being solved. In other words, it's the key to, to the resolution or solution to the problem, the drama. And as long as you keep the product or service as the way you get out of the drama or solve the problem in the, in the conflict, it gets remembered. If it's just incidental to it, or it just gets mentioned, it doesn't, it doesn't pay off. And I've seen so many people make that mistake, and I suspect millions have been spent on ads that make that mistake, especially for Super Bowl and stuff like that. Yes. And maybe it's a new generation that I just don't get, but a lot of the stuff that's coming out now, I look at their branding and stuff, and I, I hear who it's for at the end, and I look at it and I think, huh? I, I just don't right. get it. I have the same problem with both radio and television. I see them doing a lot of spots that don't connect for me to the product or the service, or it's not the solution to the problem in any way. I don't want to mention any spots in particular, but there are an awful lot of spots on television that I see over and over and over again. They keep coming up with the ideas that really don't connect in any organic way to what's being advertised. So I don't, I don't quite see how they work, but apparently uh, they continue doing it anyway, whether it works or not. I wonder if maybe it is working, but it's just a generational thing that maybe the millennials, you know, somehow get it. It seems to me what you're saying is, Julie, we're just too old to get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my son would agree with that. I'm not sure it's true. I <laughs> there's an organic connection to, you know, the comedy and the message. <laughs> my daughter, who was never in advertising, joined the advertising phase of our business about 15 years ago and slowly and gradually and slowly but but with certainty she came to understand the need to have a, an organic connection between the problem the, the drama the dilemma in the commercial and then the product or service itself once she understood that she could write forever and she's the one who's running the dick orkin radio ranch now in los angeles right yep that's right I'm going to play another spot from uh, Dick Orkin and his team. It's called Burning Questions, and it's for Enjoy. And then, Dick, I'm going to ask you uh, (laughs) who inspired this one. Yes, now, exactly how did your catch on fire, Mr. Norton? Well, after my wife and I enjoy um, Canobial Bliss, I'd like to have a cigarette. Okay. I just lit the cigarette when our cat, Muffy, jumped on the bed, landing on Sharon, my wife, and scratching her at uh, derriere. I see. Anyway, Sharon jumped, Muffy bolted, the cigarette fell onto the sheet. I threw a glass of water into the smoldering cigarette, but got Sharon instead. She tried to slug me. I ducked, hit the back of the headboard, knocking myself out. And when I came to... Your looked like a polar sausage that had caught fire. Yes. Mm. If only Larry had used Enjoy, the 100% smoke-free smoking product with nicotine to satisfy cravings but no cancer-causing agents. Enjoy is safer than cigarettes. And where there's no smoke, there's no fire. She's never getting in my bed again. Oh, you mean Muffy? No, 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 not sure. sure. Okay. To see how revolutionary Enjoy works, visit Enjoy.com. That's N-J-O-Y.com. Click on today. Get an Enjoy starter kit. Normally $129.95 or only $69.95. Must be 21 years or older. If you have health concerns, consult a physician before using Enjoy.com. Okay, so Dick, you who know, this one? Say again, Julie? How do we come up with this? Inspiration for this one, a person getting their, their member. Everything we do is based on a personal experiences. So all I can, I can, I'm going to guess that it was a personal experience for someone in the room. 
I don't think it was mine, but if three or four people are brainstorming with us, somebody must have brought that up as a personal problem they had. He looks normal. Uh, I don't remember anyone complaining of the problem, but I'm sure it was someone in the in the room at the time. <laughs> well, it's best that even if you did remember who it was, that you don't tell us who it is anyway. Yeah, I think so. And I'm gonna I'm gonna play so. one more, and then we'll move on. So this one is for uh, Route One Wine. Tom, I only went on this blind date because I didn't want to hurt your sister's feelings. Oh, okay. Good. So, Cindy says you're a writer. What do you write? Wine blurbs. Blurbs. You know those cards you find in wine shops or markets that describe wine? And you make a living doing this? Oh, yeah. I've been working on blurbs for this really great wine from Chile lately. Root one. Like highway one? No, no. They use this original ungrafted European rootstock. Root one. You want to try some? I have a bottle right there. Let's hear a blurb first. Oh, okay. Route 1 Cabernet Sauvignon is a rich crimson cab with delicate notes of dark chocolate. Oh, I like that. The central oak spice blackberry bouquet is accented by haunting notes of mocha and cocoa. Ooh. It's a deep, rich, full-bodied ruby red. Oh, yeah. Itchy and elegant, muscular and arousing. Oh, Tom. With an impressive finishing thrust. Yes. Route 1. Open one. Now. Yes, yes. Visit Route1Wine.com for more. Click Wine Group, Seattle, Washington. Love that. Julie, you know, so many, so much advertising has uh, changed in, in terms of what can be broadcast, what can be played for people listening to the radio. Advertising has changed somewhat. For example, the spot that I did with the uh, guy who had a fire in the bed, I don't think I could do that anymore because the, the there's some continuity problems with it and, and acceptance and so in small especially in small communities they would rather not put that on the air and then the last spot the the, the, so the wine spot there are just many places that don't want to play those spots that's not our problem it's usually the problem for the advertiser and he has to work it out but i've noticed uh, in recent years even uh, and my daughter lisa tells me of this that there are just a problem sometimes with the spots that we could play 15 20 years ago that just are not acceptable today, and I have no idea why. Well, that's, I would think it would be more liberal. Yeah, I thought it would be so much of the stuff that's on the radio and TV. I mean, sometimes they even get the F word on there in certain channels. And I know. I don't understand it. It's uh, I, I expected the, the opposite to happen, that people would become more progressive and, and freer about it, but that's not the case. Uh, not all the time. And I think it's, it also has to do with very small rural communities or uh, small towns where there's a, a great presence of local businesses don't want to be associated sometimes with problems having to do with smoking or wine and that kind of thing. Well, I could see smoking because I think smoking has a very negative connotation to it. Yes, um, you're right. And again, e-cigs, even though you know some of us might have different opinions of it, those are kind of in right now. My daughter just did an e-cig commercial she said that uh, she had a problem with that too when she first uh, submitted it to the to the uh, station for the advertiser. They were reluctant to run it; they didn't like the way it was talking about smoking. So we changed it a, a little, and uh, they accepted it. But I, I'm I'm constantly surprised at the number of radio stations were having some problems with that, and I, I think it just has to do with changing times and, and our images of uh, cigarettes and wine and, and and all those kinds of things. Sexual matters are a little looser today. I mean, we have there's more freedom to talk about it because it happens to people, but there's less inclination to talk about smoking and drugs, anything having to do with drugs. And alcohol is considered a drug, and that's we we do have some problems with those. It may change again, and everything goes in cycles. 
Well, in the instance that, let's say, your daughter Lisa presents a spot that the advertising agency says, you know what, we just really can't get away with this everywhere. Do you come up with a second option in addition to yeah. that? If they have one or two stations, sometimes it's a group of stations by one ownership. If they have a problem in the group with, with one or two spots, we'll change lines in the spots to accommodate them. Uh, and on the other hand, the other stations are willing to accept that. We'll say, no, don't change it for us. Leave it as it is. So it's, it's very varied. It's a, it's a different kind of field out there now. Um, you've been talking about the human condition, people's experiences, and comedy, and how they all come together to really connect to the listener and connect the humor and life to whatever messages that the client is trying to portray. So let's just take our, the vast majority of our listeners here are voiceover talents. It's literally, I've done research, it's half newbies and half seasoned voiceover talents that are listening to us, and we have thousands of listeners. When it comes okay. to say, perhaps branding their own business, how in, do you think coming back to say the human condition, the memories, something that happened relating to, I don't know, maybe their sound or what they do is a good way to right. bring themselves? Yes, and I think it always will be. Storytelling that is rooted in real life will attract more people to the, think of the movies that are popular, that are very big uh, movies. I mean, there's some comedy uh, that's outlandish and wild and cartoon-like, but there's far more uh, successful movies and television shows that have to do with real-life situations. And people uh, somehow find that a more interesting story or drama than they do the cartoon stuff that's just contrived or made up. We have been talking to the legendary Dick Orkin, a creative genius in my book. And when we come back, we're going to check out the equally legendary Chicken Man. All right. We'll be right back after this short message. Julie Williams has been a voiceover coach for decades and has helped thousands of talents to launch a VO career, refine their VO performance skills, develop winning demos and marketing plans, and market themselves in voiceover. She's taught all levels from beginners to voiceover coaches. But don't take our word for it. Let's hear what some of Julie's actual students have to say. Canopy Egyptian cotton sheets are designed to get softer every time you wash them, which makes your bed easier to sleep in and that much harder to leave. Why do people count on SunSweet prune juice to stay fit on the inside? It's made only from prunes, nothing else. It's a natural source of fiber and five essential vitamins. It's the smart choice for me. Stay fit on the inside. Healthy looking skin today, clearer skin tomorrow. Look at your palm and imagine it filled with soup. <laughs> Oh, that's hot. Whew. Let's try a salad. Dentine Ice gets you to parties fashionably fresh. Roasted, baked, lightly sautéed, or even still alive. Turkey gobbles frantically. Just remember, eat healthy and exercise. Or buy bigger undies. Your choice. The University of Nebraska Medical Center. Breakthroughs for life. For some, it means lying on a tropical beach. I've been a successful full-time voiceover artist for a long time now, and I've had other well-known coaches, but really, none can compare to Julie. What I love about Julie's coaching is she gets down to the nitty-gritty right away. No time wasted with abstract coaching techniques that can be hard to grasp and really ultimately don't improve the process. Now, Julie and I would be considered direct competition, but that hasn't changed a thing. She's there to help me and give me her best, which I've truly appreciated. She really cares about you as a person, which makes the coaching process so enjoyable. No intimidation, just encouragement. She's also exceptional with demo directing, 
and in very short order, I had a great variety of reads to include on two demos, which are working great for me, by the way. Julie will help you with all aspects of the voiceover business. Highly recommended. Julie isn't just a teacher who teaches during your time together. She's a coach who guides you through every step of your career according to your specific needs. You can find out more about Julie Williams Coaching at juliewilliamscoaches.com or by emailing her directly at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. And now, a few final words from Julie and her guest. Welcome back to the podcast for the VoiceOver Insider. We have been talking uh, to Dick Orkin, the legendary Dick Orkin, a creative genius. And he created the legendary Chicken Man, who you may remember started in 67. And how long did the Chicken Man run on the air, Dick? I think as I estimated that uh, a couple days ago because I thought his anniversary was coming up. And it was the 50th anniversary, uh, it turned out which means he's been on the air for 50 years in towns all and cities all over America. I'm going to re-release episodes that have not played for a long time, along with some new ones that people have never heard as a way of introducing Chicken Man, the wonderful white-winged warrior, to a, a whole new audience. Probably do that during the summer months to re-release it. I've had people ask me to do that uh, along with some new material, and I just haven't had time uh, to do that because when you're retired, you're supposed to be busy retiring. And I, had, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to, to non-retire. So there you go. Has Chicken Man actually been running on the air for 50 years? Yeah, it's hard to believe, but it has. Wow. Uh, in the series, the superhero known as Chicken Man is Benton Harbor, who is a shoe salesman at a large Midland uh, City department store. Um, and because right. it's Monday to Friday working hours, he can only fight crime on weekends. So right. the man roams Midland City seeking criminals in his yellow crime-fighting car, uh, known as the Chicken Coop. And um, Chicken Man's greatest right. books include The Chicken Plucker, The Dog Lady, yes. Big Clyde Cushman, yes. The Bear Lady, yes. And the very diabolical Rodney Farber, who's a childhood playmate that never forgave Benton Harbor for breaking his red wagon. True uh, story, by the way. Uh, is, that, is that your friend, Benton Harbor, or a different name? Yeah. Benton Harbor came about simply because I put my finger on a map in my office in Chicago and looked for a name that would sound like a superhero. And I came to the city called Benton Harbor. So that became his, uh, his alias. He, his, his name is actually Benton Harbor, also uh, known as uh, the Winged Warrior or Chicken Man. Every time I want a name, I find rather than call people and say, do I have permission to use your name? It's simpler to just point your finger at a map and go move around the United States and find a name. Uh, but town, city, hamlet, village, whatever, and use that. The childhood playmate, Rodney Farber, who never forgave, yes. presumably you, is that his real name? Yeah. Yes, there was a Rodney Farber, and that was the person who I had the problem with when I was a little boy and uh, never forgave me for, he says, taking his his little red wagon. I didn't steal it. I borrowed it. It was on his front porch, and I just took a ride in it, but he never forgave me for that. And even as an adult, he would call me and, and ask me if I'm going to buy him a new wagon. <laughs> I, I haven't heard from Rodney for a while. I hope he's all right. Have there been any ramifications from using Rodney Farber's name in the, the Chicken Man series? No, because he wanted me to. He wanted to tell his, his kids that he was on the radio, so he didn't care. He was, he's a nice guy, and we still talk. Another adversary is the couple from Shtick, Secret yes. to Injure Crime Killers. Benton Harbor is prone to spoonerism, such as I shall not rest while crime runs 
rampant in the streets yes. of Cleveland City. Yes. Well, actually, most of the spoonerisms came from the police commissioner of Midland City, who he's the guy who sits in his office uh, coloring in crayons in a coloring book, and then <laughs> calls out calls out to the office of his secretary and asks what combinations will make blue or green or red. He has not remembered what colors you need to put together to make a new color, so he's still doing that. In fact, I just did some new ones. He's now doing oil painting. And then that's also become a problem for him. His office is a mess in the oil paints. We know where Rodney Farber came from, the inspiration. And I know that your creative process comes from memories and history of yes. different people. So where did the inspiration for Chicken Man himself come from? Well, uh, there's a story that I, I have published about that. And I should put it up again. Uh, I think I'll put it on my website so that people can see it dickorkin.com. But Chicken Man came came about because when I was a little boy, my grandfather had a chicken coop and every Friday or Thursday would ask me to go to the chicken coop and uh, get a chicken and then he'd tie it, he would tie it with twine and I'd have to carry it to the butcher shop for the, you know, the slaughtering of the chicken. And I had an adventure one day where I was coming home with the chicken dead in a basket but as a, since I was a kid, nine years old, I had a habit of swinging the basket up in the air. One time I swung it too high, and the chicken flung out of the basket and fell on the corner of a street. I didn't know that until I got home, and all the family said, Dick, where's the chicken? Uh, they meant the dead chicken. And I, I said, I don't know. So we walked back about four blocks, and we found it sitting on the steps of a church, which I thought had a very significant meaning. Uh, what it is, I don't know. But <laughs> the dead chicken was on the church steps. And uh, so, and I, my grandfather was always talking to me about chickens. He raised them, and chickens were always in my head for everything I did. So it was only natural that when someone said, do a superhero, I was going to do something out of my own experience with it. Uh, a costume, and I decided that a chicken costume would be far more fun than, you know, a gorilla costume or something hideous like that. So what what do you attribute Chicken Man's popularity to? I mean, you started this program in 1967, and it just took off like wildfire. I think he was, he was I didn't do a phony voice, I just did myself, and, and as a result of just, and the commissioner was very real too. And you could, he could be a boss, he could be an executive in an office you knew, but all the people had a very real sound. Miss Halfinger also was not happy as his receptionist, as the commissioner's receptionist, and she had a very caustic sense of humor, and that sounded believable too. Some secretaries, especially the kind the commissioner gets and the chicken man gets, do have a uh, caustic sense of humor. And I had fun with that with Chicken Man. Because Chicken Man was never able to please Miss Helfinger, and she was constantly criticizing him, and that took off too. Miss Helfinger, is that the the lady who was on the radio with you as Trooper thirty six twenty four thirty six? Yeah, that was her. That was Jane Runyon, the the wife of Jim Runyon, who played the announcer on the serial, especially at the very end when he did the well voice and then did his own funny. He invented those. We didn't know what he was going to do. And he did the stinger at the end of all the commercials with his uh, funny announcer sound. But that was the that was the husband of Jane Runyon, who was in the beginning of the Cooper 36, 24, 36. She rode a motorcycle and then came back and reported traffic in Chicago. I don't think she spent much time on the streets. I think she just 
settle down at a restaurant someplace, have a coffee or something else, got nice to drink, and then called in the station. What roles did you play in the Chicken Man series? The mayor of Midland City, the commissioner, and almost all the villains, uh, the choker. Uh, Jim uh, Ronian played Rodney Farver. He did one voice in the whole serial, except for the announcer. He, he played Rodney Farver. Jim was from Kentucky, and Rodney had a very Kentucky sound, and that was uh, that was what he did. But I, all the other characters in there, if there was another male, I usually wound up doing it. There's one other person, Joel Corey. I don't think you know him. He was from Chicago and did dozens and dozens of commercials uh, for television. He was in the Raid commercial. In fact, that's why I found him in the Raid commercial, <laughs> and we worked together. And then after that, he played uh, in Tooth Fairy. Joel Corey became the doctor's dental organist. The doctor had a uh, an or big organ in the in the room where he did his work, and uh, a man by the name of Raoul Feldheiser played the organ. And as soon as uh, the doctor would say, say, Raoul, do you know what day it is today? Raoul would then sing a song called, do you know what day it is today? And that was, that was a gag that went on forever in the serial. So has it been announced yet that you're continuing and kind of reviving the legendary Chicken Man? Yeah, I, I think so. There's a whole new group of people who have never, as at this moment, as we're sitting here talking about this, there are a lot of people saying, I never heard that, what's that? And because there is so many, it's 50 years, and since there is such a huge new generation, uh, it only makes sense to let it go out again. It'd probably be the last time. In fact, that's what I'm calling it. Chicken Man Returns for the last time again, and, uh, and releasing it uh, probably sometime this summer. Because there's an entire generation of, of program directors who may be too right. to remember Chicken Man. I mean, I played him on WAPE in Jacksonville, Florida, decades ago. But, you know, is yep. it a hard sell to people who, who don't remember Chicken Man? Not really. Once I send it to them and they hear about five or six episodes, they're usually very quick to jump on it. I just have not, I took it off the market deliberately because I thought it was getting too much play. I did this about 10 years ago. Uh, so it hasn't played that much uh, anymore. And if I, when I introduce it in the summer, for many people, it'll be brand new and they'll never have heard it before. Um, so is there anything that you would like to add about the legendary Chicken Man? No, I don't think so. The only regret I had about the uh, using a superhero of a chicken was that when I was in Chicago at appearances, my program director insisted that I fly across the stage in a rig that just uh, was very painful and uncomfortable. If you saw the Super Bowl and Lady Gaga doing her flying at the game uh-huh. at the halftime, I had to wear the same thing except for a man. It's a great deal more painful than it is for a woman for reasons you can figure out for yourself. Yes. So if I had to do it again, I wouldn't make it a chicken. I'd make it a frog. <laughs> so you could <laughs> hop across the stage. Yeah, because frogs really don't have to fly that high, and and it would be less painful. But that's the only regret I have. I should have made it something else. Do chickens really fly? Actually, they fly short distances, and that, that's all the energy they have, because uh, they don't eat that well. Chickens never, never have eaten very well. But if they had more protein, they probably would would be uh, make longer trips. But I did the best I could. The chicken man only flew like from the commissioner's office out the window to the uh, lawn, the uh, grass in front of the uh, of his office. So there was a little bit of gravity help there. Yeah, oh, and he fell off a bridge one time 
and his, everybody around him said fly, but he couldn't. He just fell straight down into the water. So that was the only time that, that I remember was trying to fly. He promised his girlfriend, Sadie Lechner, he was going to take her for a flying trip, but that didn't work out. And, and uh, he wasn't allowed to date Sadie for a while after that incident. But then uh, he, she finally relented, and he went back to flying her. <laughs> All right, let's shift gears a little bit as we close. Um, given the change in technology, uh, which is, is night and day since 1967, everything is different. Oh, yeah. And wow, I mean, it changes so fast, I can't keep up with it. Anyone, anywhere can launch or even excel in a voiceover career. Do you have a word of advice for, I mean, again, we have half newbies and half uh, experienced people, but they'd all love to build their career. Do you have any words of advice for them? Yes, be a good listener. When you go to a restaurant, you go to a movie theater, you go to any public place, listen to other people talk. And you don't have to come up with cartoon sound voices. Just listen to real people. And they're all very, they all have interesting and fascinating uh, sounds they make when they speak. So my advice has always been, and, and what they talk about. In other words, the conversation they engage in is always fascinating. So I just say listen to people. Be a good listener. And you'll be a good writer. Thank you so much. We've been talking to Dick Orkin, and Dick, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. It's been a few years, but oh, before we go, I want to thank you because in the 90s, I would say it was 94, 95, something like that, you were instrumental in changing my read from the radio sound to the communicator storyteller sound, and oh, as yes. you know, the radio sound doesn't make a living, but right. the storyteller sound does. And it was yes, what you taught me and, and then what I practiced on my own, even though I had been in the industry almost 20 years at the time. As far as I, I know, you're the, one of the most successful people in ordinary real people voiceover out there. And when you called me the other day and asked me to do this, I was delighted because I, I, I love the way you, you do your voiceover anyway and always have. And uh, more people should use you as a model, especially women. And that ordinary sound uh, captures more attention Oh, yeah. so I, and I thought you've always been excellent at that. And I congratulate you. You've had a, a wonderful career. I'm, I know you use past tense there, and I'm <laughs> thinking of retiring in about five years. I don't know where the time went. <laughs> I know. Well, only when you're really tired, do it. Otherwise, hang around for a while. Yeah, well, what I'd retire on is, is all the marketing and the work that you do when you're not in the studio. And then I'd sit back yes. and work came in, I would do, and then the rest of the time I'd go play. That's me. That's what, that's what I try to do. And sometimes it works. In any event, I enjoy talking to you, and I wish your listeners well, and we'll talk again sometime. Thank you. We've been talking with Dick Orkin, the legendary, in my mind, and I'm sure yours, if you know anything about him, Dick Orkin. And we're going to have another great guest for you in a couple of weeks. We're glad you were able to join us today. Feel free to email Julie with any questions at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. We'd like to thank our editor, Morning Joy Lynn, who can be reached at morningjoy at voeditor.com. And of course, thank you for listening. Till next time, I'm Paul O'Connor, along with Julie Williams, wishing you prosperity in all you do.